you're listening to The Tactical Kitchen. I'm Melody Behrens, certified chef and nutritional therapy practitioner. And I'm Steve Behrens, 21-year special operations veteran and certified personal trainer. Together, we are here to share our experience on the ketogenic lifestyle. Don't forget our disclaimer. This podcast is for general information only and should not be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We're not doctors, and we don't play them on the internet. Now, let's get ready to chew the fat. Mmm, bacon. Hey guys, welcome back to the Tactical Kitchen Show, and you are listening to episode 7, and today we are talking about counting calories and why you need to stop doing that. Oh, everyone knows this is my favorite subject when I start talking to people about diet, and I tell them, Stop counting calories. I get that really weird look, like I'm crazy. Yeah. I, I get that all the time in most conversations, but really with this one, I get it a lot. <laughs> it's like your favorite subject, like mine is poop. My, it's my favorite subject, Steve's, is calories. So we are your hosts, Steve and Melody Barons, and you probably heard that in the uh, little trailer right before the podcast started. Yeah, and we're here. We, you know, if you haven't heard our podcast before, we talk about our journey and what we do and how it's worked for us. Now, we've helped a lot of people along the same lines of what we do. So we're here just sharing our story so you can take what you need from it. Yeah, and usually what we like to do first in the show, if this is your very first time listening, please go back and listen to all the other episodes and catch up. But what we like to talk about is some weird nutritional facts that we found for the week. The one you found this week was shocking. I I was a little put off, a little scared. Yeah, this I didn't, one I didn't, I didn't like me. it. I didn't like what you found. So let's hear what it is. It really upset me. So if you follow us at all, you know that we've been doing a, a more carnivore-style diet for a while. And we're going to talk a little bit about our week in a few, in a few moments and some things we did last week. But we still have coffee every day and sometimes a couple of times a day. And when I found this article, it was very disturbing because this was posted in uh, on harvard.edu. And this was just this uh, a couple of weeks ago. It was April the 2nd, I believe. And a judge in California in Los Angeles County, a superior judge, stated that all California coffee shops and their uh, various sellers of coffee must post signs that say and warn consumers that coffee is a potential cancer risk. Now, I don't want to offend anybody in California. If you're out in California, we have friends in California. It's a beautiful place. We've been out there many times. But this is a bit crazy and sounds very Californian. (laughs) No offense, Californians. We love you. Um, Your weather is awesome. And we live in Texas, so we're basically... um, cousins, I guess. So you're close enough. You're still in the West. But the coffee thing is crossing a line. So one of the things, one of the biggest problem I have with this is you're going to put a warning on coffee, but where is the warning about sugar? Well, here's the thing. They put the warning on the coffee because there is a specific chemical in coffee called acrylamide. And acrylamide has been linked to cancer in rats. Well, first of all, I know that all rats enjoy their cup of joe every morning, especially if you watched Men in Black. I don't know if those were actually rats. They kind of reminded me of rats, the little aliens with the coffee. Well, have you been to Starbucks lately? 
Uh, yeah, went with you the other day. It's, it's, it's overrun with this this rat gang. They hang out and they drink coffee on the front. It's really annoying. I heard they all have cancer. <laughs> yeah. so. Well, that, they're they're on their break from the uh, the laboratory. They come down to Starbucks and get some coffee. And they, they get go, their coffee. And they go back to be experimented on with whatever else they're doing there. Well, this kind of falls into the whole thing where we talk about saturated fat causing cancer in rats. And typically, when you really look at most of these studies, what they've done is they've not only fed a rat cancer cells, like actually injected cancer cells in them, and then they give them saturated fat, and then they also feed them a ridiculous amount of sugar to enforce that, to, or to encourage that tumor growth. And so it makes me wonder, if we looked really deep into this study, what we might find of how coffee caused cancer in rats. There's no so. telling really how it worked, because this is one of those where they just kind of they kind of put their findings out because this is what they want to put out. They're trying to create waves. Exactly. So somebody, you know, this is this is kind of that thing of in uh, California. I know they also have the rule that if you're a um, if you're a pedestrian crossing the street and if you cross at the wrong time or the wrong place, it's the car's fault if they hit you. So it's not your fault for not paying attention and looking for cars to come down the street. This kind of falls in that category to me of, you know, it's just... You should look both ways before you cross the street. It's kind of ridiculous rulings. It's kind of like a waste of taxpayer money, I think. That's just a personal opinion. Because even though maybe the chemical acrylamide could be something that might potentially be harmful. Um, They've never found any harm in coffee in humans. In fact, they usually find that it's beneficial for the antioxidants and things like that uh, to fight against cancer. So this is really interesting that they singled out this one compound and that one compound happened to cause some uh, cancer in rats. And so now coffee is the bad guy. But Let's just put sugar in everything. Right, because that's okay. Right. So that was my crazy article of the week, and we'll post a link to that. You can look it up. I will be honest, I didn't really get deep into the study. I just saw coffee and warning labels, and I was intrigued. <laughs> or or, or taken aback, like, no, you can't take my coffee. Yeah, I'm like, I was a little bit upset by that. <laughs> the one that I found, and I was going over this week, I, I get the Ace magazine all the time. Or once a month, you know, about personal trainer tips and stuff. And I love their articles because most of the time I don't agree with them. So it's awesome. The one I picked out this week is 50 ways to cut calories. Because what are we supposed to do to lose weight? We're supposed to cut calories. we got to cut calories. You can't be eating all those calories. So I went through and there's, I'm not going to go over all 50 ways because that would take a while. But I did highlight a few that I thought were fun for me to read. Okay. I get a giggle out of them. Uh, the one was, uh, you know, combat protein overload. Don't eat too much protein because that's going to be bad for you. Split a, split a meal. Split it with a friend. Split it with a friend. <laughs> hey, I'm not, I don't want to share my ribeye steak. I remember when we used to split food. Like, you made me share a hamburger with you once, and the whole time I was thinking, I could eat one of these all by myself. <laughs> really not sure it, what I was thinking. It, I don't know. I think we were still dating, so you were trying to impress me. Or something. But maybe you thought I didn't eat that much. No, boy, were you surprised. Well, you're very small, so I can see where I got that assumption. Um, the next one was fill up on veggies, fruits, and salads. Hey, did anybody see the whole, what was it, uh, with the lettuce this week? Oh, the recall? The recall on, on all... Romaine lettuce. All romaine lettuce. Yeah. Because it has E. coli. 
Yeah, I think so. So, yeah, fill up on your uh, E. coli-laden uh, salads. That's good. And then, uh, you know, follow the rule of one. Have only one helping of each food group, just one, except vegetables. Eat all those you want. Eat all those you want. So eat all the indigestible vegetables you want mm-hmm. so you can't eat anything else, I guess. Right. Fills up your stomach with all the fiber. Bulk. And, and there, there's a bunch more. Uh, you know, choose choose miniature versions of dessert. Don't get <laughs> the huge banana split. Get the miniature version of the banana split. Oh, by the way, my sister, I have a sister, and I saw her post on social media this week. She's retired now with her husband, and they went to some ice cream place out in East Texas that they had the biggest banana split I've ever seen, and I was like, oh... I remember when I used to eat things like that, but I don't eat that anymore. And the next one, this is this is a great one. I love this one. Avoid monster eighteen ounce margaritas because they have a lot of calories. Is that like the one one really good tip of the week? Avoid monster margaritas. Avoid monster margaritas. You know, don't even talk about the alcohol that's in the margarita. Just talk about the calories <laughs> that's going on there. Right, the calories. Okay, so all of you know that we have a cat and a dog. If you hear some weird moving around our cat for some reason glitter kitty she does not care to come and see us very often because she's a cat until we start podcasting and then she gets very interested in us and wants to walk all over the table she's been on the table pretty much the whole time we've been talking we've been trying to quietly shoo her away it's pretty fun it makes it a challenge because you know like podcasting is not hard enough let's let's put a challenge in there yeah let's put a cat a cat uh, challenge in here. You can see her on Instagram if you go and follow us at the Tactical Kitchen on Instagram. So the last one I'll go over, and this this pretty much sums up the whole article. Uh, number fifty is find sustainable ways to cut back on calories and keep progressing your cardiovascular and resistance training. So it all boils down <laughs> to eat less and work out more, which makes you hungry. Yeah, so I'm going to work out more, but I want to eat less. Anybody that works out know that's just not in the cards, man. It ain't going to happen. It's not because that one, are, is that, is that the, are you done? Is that the end of your article? Is that all you have to say about that? There's really not more, more to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that kind of brings us in, that point brings us to talking about our week, which I love to talk about our week. It was really fun. We did an experiment last Sunday. We did. Because we're because we experiment on ourselves. What what was it? What what did we do? Okay, so we did. We talked about it l- last week. I think we talked about the protein pancake that I used to make, and I put a link to it in last week's podcast. And we ate that. And when we actually did the podcast, because we ran late last week and did it on Sunday, um, I felt pretty good. I felt okay while we were doing the podcast. But as the day progressed. It was very low fat, very high, uh, higher in protein, and had some carbs in it. As the day progressed, without starting my day with fat, I had like weird feelings of like I couldn't focus my eyes. I felt brain fog come on, which I hadn't felt in a long time. And it actually showed up in the podcast because I was editing the podcast and I totally messed up the whole first part of it. <laughs> Which we didn't fix, by the way. It's still no, there. No, because it was too much trouble, and I'm sorry. I thought it was just fine to leave it, and that way you could see what eating the wrong foods actually does to your brain. It's a carb error. Is what it, it was. It was a carb error. I like that. And I had some same issues. Uh, that day, later on, I felt aches come on because I, I've, I've struggled with arthritis before we you know, started a ketogenic diet. My shoulder began to hurt. My knee began to ache. 
And it went on all day until the evening when we ate a big fat steak. And after dinner, they subsided. Which was really interesting because that was the one thing I said. I didn't want to do anything that would cause your joints to hurt. And what did we do? We made your joints hurt. (laughs) So fail on my part. But then that going right back into a more carnivore style diet where we had our healthy fats, we had our good protein, and we ate until we were full and you felt better. Amazing what food can do. It was really interesting because my knee did ache. It's hard to get up and down out of the chair. But after we ate dinner and I had a big fat steak, it just really felt like my body calmed down and inflammation subsided enough to where I could walk around normally. Yeah, I felt really bad because you were having a difficult time with your knee making, uh, kind of popping and moving sometimes, around. Sometimes I feel like I have a wooden leg. Right. It's awesome. Like it's joined together, just rubbing on bone. It's not fun. That's why I often wear pirate costumes. Pirate costumes. <laughs> People are going to think you really walk around wearing pirate costumes. And he does. So my blood ketones were something I was interested in on that day. Mm-hmm. And my blood sugar because I felt so like bad, like brain fog. I thought, well, I wonder if my blood sugar and my ketones are way off. But amazingly... When I checked my blood sugar, it was 81, which was kind of probably a little high considering that I hadn't eaten in a while. And then also my ketones were 1.0. And if you don't measure ketones and you're not familiar with that, we have a blood ketone meter by Keto Mojo. Keto Mojo. Yes, that measures our blood ketones. It's just like measuring glucose. Uh for a diabetic or for anybody who measures glucose, uh, blood glucose, you just prick your finger and it measures it with a little strip. It's pretty awesome. So I was surprised by that because I did feel pretty bad until we had dinner and I had some fat in my system. Well, it's good to know your blood sugar didn't fluctuate too much, high or low. Right. It was good to know that I have a little more stable blood sugar balance because before I would go into really hypoglycemic episodes where my blood sugar would go too low and I would feel really terrible. So that was, that was pretty good, but I did have a little bit of brain fog and it was interesting that I couldn't focus too well. Then this Thursday or this last Thursday, we went to something called Thursday Thrive. We did. And third Thursday Thrive, we talked about it last week, and I dare you to say that 10 times fast. (laughs) And it is a local event here in the Fort Worth area that is run by Dr. Jason Dixon, who started that to bring together a whole group of holistic wellness practitioners under one roof where people can experience that for just $10 at the door, and you can come in and see everybody. Everybody. Right. It's a practitioner buffet, if you It will. is a practitioner buffet. We have all kinds of stuff. We have Reiki, massage therapists, chiropractors, nutritional therapist, me, certified personal trainer, Steve. And we, there's even um, a holistic hemp oil company there. All kinds of things. Very interesting. If you get a chance in the local area to come out, it's, it's worth it just to sample things that you've never tried before. It is, and it was really awesome getting to meet all the people who came out, and I did talk to some of the ladies there who were interested in our female hormonal balance program. We're going to take a break right now, and we'll be right back. Hey ladies, this message is for you today. Has your significant other ever looked at you and said, are you on your period, or are you about to start? Well, that happened to me before, and I'm not going to say who asked. But 
If you are ready to get your hormones balanced and feel better and never have anyone say that to you again, then you need to go to thetacticalkitchen.com and click the Tactical Flow Female Hormonal Balance Program. It is a four-week program offered on our website where you can go and listen to the pre-recorded video series at your own pace. And today, I'm offering a 20% off coupon for all of our listeners. So put in the code BALANCE so that you can get that female hormonal balance program for 20% off and never have anyone look at you again and say, are you about to start? Your spouse will thank you. Okay, so we're back and we're going to talk about our main subject this week. Oh, our main subject, which is... Well, we get questions a lot, and one of the questions we get most often is, what should your calories be? How can, how should I count my calories? So it's calories in, calories out conversation again, which you know I love. I know, and most people that talk to me, especially females, will say, you know, I'm, I'm keeping my calories down to, you know, 1,500 calories a day, and I'm not eating fat, so I'm eating lean meat. That's usually the way people approach me first when they want to talk about their health. You know, the first thing is I'm not eating fat. I'm restricting my calories. So what's going on and why am I not succeeding? Now, I was guilty of this before. I would tell people that if you want to lose weight, just cut your calories. Just cut calories and either work out some more or, you know, eat less. That's basically how I would break it down. And so I was guilty of that. Now we've done the research, and you go back and you figure out how do how do calories work? What what is a calorie? Where does that come from? This was really surprising to me, because as a like long term lifetime calorie counter, I was very disturbed by this, just like I was disturbed about the coffee thing. Um, finding out what a calorie actually is was mind blowing. It's it's simple. A calorie is just a unit of measurement of heat. That's what it is. So how do they get the calories of what what a food would be as a calorie? How do they get that? So okay, a calorie measurement of heat. It's also you might have heard it called heard a measurement of heat called a joule. So a calorie and a joule are actually the same same thing, and that's J O U L E joule. Is it anything like a like a, a gigawatt? I don't know if we have enough gigawatts. I don't know. But it could be. It probably is the same thing as a gigawatt. Could be. It it might be. With a calorie, what happened was they took food, a piece of food. Let's just say they took a piece of bread. And they put it in this contraption, kind of like Doc Brown. They put it in this bomb calorimeter. Do they put it in the flux capacitor? They put it in the flux capacitor. So they put it in this bomb calorimeter. And what it had water around it, and the food went into this cylinder, and then they would put a wire in there. They would burn the food, and they would see how much energy it took to raise the temperature of the water. However many joules or calories the water went up was how many calories were in that piece of bread. So let's say it took 58 joules or 58 kilocalories. That was how many calories were in that piece of bread. The funny thing about this is when I look at you, you don't look like any look anything like a bomb calorimeter. You don't see any wires sticking out or some steam coming out my head. You no. like when we're sitting here eating. Do you see like the steam start to rise out of my head and I'm 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 heating up? 
No, and the interesting thing is the food goes in your mouth first, and then it goes into your stomach, which is full of acid, which really doesn't translate over to electricity. So we like to break things down simply on this show, so it makes sense. Now, for you guys listening, (laughs) your body doesn't burn food like a bomb calorimeter. No, it doesn't burn it into ash. It actually goes into your stomach, and you can go back and listen to our digestion um, episode three all about digestion and how that works. It goes into your stomach and your stomach is full of acid and all these enzymes and it breaks it down to use as fuel or energy or building blocks, depending on what you're eating. And so it's nothing like this electric pot of water where you burn food to see how high the temperature goes. And again, this is goes back to how can smart people be so dumb? It does go back to that because you you don't even know. Like if you look up who came up with a calorie, they can't even clearly decide who actually came up with it. It's this group of scientists and everybody wants to take credit for it. And so no one really knows exactly the first person to have come up with this concept. But you're looking at it and going, I see where their train of their train of logic was going, right? but it missed the depot somewhere. There was something wrong with that train. So your body does not process calories like a bomb calorimeter. And the other point is the calories that are on food packaging are very often incorrect. They are. And that's what's really interesting because I know we have dealt with and talked to a lot of really really strong calorie believers and macro calculators out there. A lot of the people who love to calculate their macros and they're very intent on measuring that food before it goes into their body and they know exactly how many grams and exactly how many calories. Here's my point on the calorie thing. If a calorie is just a calorie, then why does it really matter what I eat? If a calorie is a calorie, so what you're telling me is I can sit down and I can Say I want to lose weight, so if I'm eating 2,000 calories a day, I need to cut that back to 1,500. But I can just eat 1,500 calories of donuts. Yeah. Right? Because if it's calorie is a calorie, then I can eat pretty much anything I want if I just look at calories. So I, so somebody can eat 1,500 calories of donuts, and someone else can eat 1,500 calories of whole food. And you're telling me you're going to be the same person? Like you're going to feel the same. You're going to have the same you know skin, the same absorption, taint organs. I just don't really think that's true. And that's the argument that I always pose to people when I say, hey, if, if you really believe in the calories in, calories out hypotheses, then just go eat donuts and be done with it. Yeah. let's see. Like you said before, you eat donuts all day and I'll eat protein and fat all day and we'll eat the same amount of calories, but we'll see who has the better energy or feels better or can function better. And that's the interesting thing is that when you talk about calories, For instance, protein and carbohydrates both have four calories per gram, but when you actually find out that it's more like 4.2 calories per gram of those, then all those people who love to calculate their their calories and their macros are always going to be off because it's not an exact measurement. They actually rounded it to four, four, and nine for the amount of carbohydrates, proteins are four calories per gram, and fats are nine calories per gram. But those are rounded numbers. They're not exact. Right. Those are estimates. So you're estimating your calories. So that's why we say you really can't count calories because you're just estimating. And again, 
some people in the beginning, when they start to focus on nutrition, it's okay for them to count calories because it gives them a better idea of what they're eating and how much it is. I think it helps people to see what portions are and to understand how that amount of food correlates to how they feel. Because what we really want people to understand is that, number one, we don't count calories at all. We really believe in what we call intuitive eating. And that means to listen to your body and to understand how to interpret what your body's telling you, which does take time. And for some, counting those calories or portioning out food so that you can understand how much food you're eating for the feeling that you're getting from that food is really helpful for a while until you learn your body. It, it is. And you can't assume that you're absorbing all the calories that you eat in the proper way. If your digestion is not optimal, then you're not going to absorb all those calories that you eat anyway. So, so why count them all? Well, and the interesting thing about protein is that protein doesn't really go towards energy. Protein is one of those foods that when you eat protein, that is a building block. And every single cell of our body requires protein from your eye lens all the way to your hair, to your fingernails, your skin cells, all your organs, your tissues, your blood cells. It all requires protein. So if you think that when you eat protein, that that is going strictly to energy expenditure in your body and that you can count it towards that, it's really misleading because a lot of the protein we eat, really most of the protein we eat, you could say goes to build your body, not towards energy expenditure. We try to steer people towards more of a macronutrient ratio type of eating. Like if you're going to really want to look at your food, instead of looking at calories, look at the ratio of your macronutrients, your carbs, proteins, and fats. Right. We keep, obviously, we keep carbs pretty much out for us at this point because we know that we don't have to eat carbohydrates. We make our own carbohydrates in our body, but we try to look at our protein and and we say, okay, We eat until we're full, but we eat a good portion of fat with protein. So how do you learn how to do your ratios and calculate that for yourself? It's really trial and error. You get some meat on your plate and you put some fat with it and you see when you get full. You just kind of listen to your body when it's done eating. And you can't eat military style. You you cannot inhale the plate and think you're going to feel full afterwards. It goes back to that digestion module again, or module. I've been in school too long. (laughs) It goes back to that digestion episode uh, where we talk about parasympathetic state of eating, that you do have to get in that relaxed state, and you do have to take time to chew your food so that your body and your brain have a chance to catch up and send the right signals which tell you that you've had enough to eat because your body is super smart and it knows what it needs. One of the things I found interesting this week when we were doing this research is that, you know, body composition, what your body is made up of, you know, top to bottom, it's 2% carbs. So for years, they've been saying to eat a 40 to 65% carbohydrate diet, which is crazy when your body is only 2% carbs. But looking at it, you have your body's made up of more minerals than it is carbohydrates. Well, carbohydrates are only 
a small amount of our body because we can only store just a small amount of carbs in our muscles and in our liver. And when you look at that versus that your body is made up of 60% water, about 18% protein and 15% fat, and the rest is minerals, vitamins, and carbohydrates is actually less than the mineral composition of your body. Where does all the extra carbs you eat, where does that go? Well, (laughs) we know where it goes. Your your body stores (laughs) it as fat. It stores it as fat. And and it's it's so smart. It does that because it's full purpose. Your body's whole purpose is for survival. So if you eat too much glucose, too much glucose-based foods, your body says, oh, we must be getting ready for a famine. So what we need to do is we need to store that for fat so we can survive later. It doesn't know that you just had like a box of cookies and you were like, I think I'll eat all these boxes of cookies because they're delicious. So your body knows what its primary fuel is and your primary fuel is fat, not carbohydrates. Carbohydrates can be used as full, but that's not your fuel full. You're a fool. <laughs> you're a fool. Carbs, you're a fool. <laughs> Carbs are a fuel but fat is your primary fuel. That's the point we try to get across to people. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned earlier that a calorie is not just a calorie, and that is so true because what's funny is if you look at packaging on foods in the store, and I challenge everyone that might be listening to this, if you haven't already done this, maybe pay attention next time you go to the grocery store, how many packages we have now on the shelves that say it's a hundred calorie pack you know this is a hundred calorie snack pack and the thing is if you eat that hundred calories of chips ahoy cookies versus a hundred calorie apple it's going to act very different in your body even though those are both carbohydrates you're going to have a different effect from those and the the real thing is they're getting you here mentally When it says it's a 100-calorie pack, what they're telling you is what Gary Taub said in his book, Good Calories, Bad Calories. They're telling you, you have bad moral character because you need to be regulated to just this 100-calorie pack because you can't control yourself. It's the way the food industry is shifting blame from them, from what they make, to you from what you consume. It's your fault you consume that. It's not our fault we made it. Right. And the whole purpose of that is to take the blame, like you said, off of them when really what happens with weight gain is that it's a hormonal response from the food that you ate. And when we eat carbohydrate-based foods, then we do have to count all of those calories because when we eat in excess of what we need of carbohydrates, it stores as fat because of our hormone insulin that tells our body to shuttle the excess carbohydrates into our fat cells. The whole point of this conversation is, is to get people to understand better of you know why we say don't track calories. Uh, we push people more towards tracking your macronutrients and eating whole foods uh, because we, we just think it's an easier way and getting you down that path of listening to your body better. Yeah, and honestly, I will be... I- the first to say, I track nothing. I don't track anything. I don't write anything down. I used to be really bad about that. And I have broken myself of that diet mentality. And now I'm able to just eat food when I'm hungry. And it's right now, it's pretty simple because it's like breakfast was eggs and bacon with butter. And, um, you know, dinner will be a steak with butter. 
And it's very simple to, uh, to track like that because I'm not eating anything but fat and protein, so I don't have to worry about it. And I think it was Dr. Barry Groves that said, if you're eating carbohydrates, you have to count all of them. You have to count those. But if you are eating low carb, you, your protein and your fat go towards so many other functions of your body that you can't possibly count that and it be accurate because it's building your actual body where carbohydrates is just a quick energy source. That's really all of it, all that it is. I track, I track every piece of food that comes from my plate into my mouth because I want to make sure the dog doesn't get it. <laughs> well, he hovers around <laughs> us when we're eating steak. That's for sure. Okay. So we got something this week. We got a, a podcast review. We did get a podcast review. We've gotten a few, but I'll just read one. There's. We all want to reach out and, uh, Thank a person each week for a podcast review. And this week we got one from Danny the Daddy. Yeah, and he follows us on Instagram. And um, we just want to say we appreciate anyone who does leave a review for the podcast because we had no idea when we started this that they're super important. <laughs> and, um, and sometimes on iTunes, uh, which is where you would need to leave it, or now it's called Apple Podcast. They make it a little difficult for you to go and do that, it seems. So you have to go to our main show page and then scroll down and then tap the little screen to leave your inner your uh, enter your review there. But Danny the Daddy said, fun and informative. And he gave us five stars. We like the five stars. Five stars are good. Yeah. So it said, Steve and Melody do a great job of being educational on their topics in a fun way. They have a clever, witty, and playful dialogue that keeps me engaged the entire episode. From a quality perspective, the audio is great. I've listened to many podcasts that have awful audio, but this podcast is definitely clear and audible. Keep up the great work. So we really appreciate that very thoughtful and awesome review of this podcast. We do appreciate it. And remember, we do this just to share our story, to get the word out there about healthy eating. And we encourage anyone out there also to share your story. We would love to hear what you have to say about how you've achieved grit health. Absolutely. And we have some really interesting interviews coming up in the next few weeks where we're going to be talking to some really amazing people about their journey. And we don't want to give too much away, but we've got... Uh, a little bit of everything from a Hollywood stunt guy to a CrossFit champion and a cholesterol sleuth and, I mean, just everything you can think of. It's coming up. Yeah, so we're really excited to get that out uh, in the next coming weeks. So uh, that's about it for today, though. Yeah, that's about it. Do you have anything else? Uh, no, I don't. So uh, everybody go out there, find the fat, and eat fat and prosper. Don't count your calories. Thanks for listening to The Tactical Kitchen. Hit subscribe and leave us a review. Don't forget to send your questions to btkquestions at gmail.com and visit our website, thetacticalkitchen.com.